Lesnar, good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown, joined by Charles Epman, uh, guest co-host here on the Coles Brown Show. June the 17th. Boy, we're in the hot, long days of summer. And you talking about hot. If you're not affected by the weather, multiple states, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida, then you're going through a tremendous triple-digit heat wave from Houston right through Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But here's the guest menu for June the 17th. Of course, Charles Edmund joins us. Uh, scheduled to talk with Jelani Davis. He's a defensive tackle that transferred in to Southern University. We're scheduled to talk with him in our number one. Then the usual cast of characters. Coach Van Petaway joins me in our number two. And then, of course, Willer Brown. Now, here's just what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. Congratulations to Coach Anna Williams the new assistant volleyball coach and recruiting coordinator for Southern University. Also, uh, the uh, highest 2022-23 revenue by FCS schools is out. The U.S. today put out that list, and uh, we're going to take a look at uh, the highest FCS schools as far as revenue. And then also we're going to take a look at ticket sales some information uh, about that. And you'll see where uh, your institution uh, lies. We're going to go, of course, to Southern. And we'll look at uh, some other institutions in the conference. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. They are the 2023 NBA champions. And you can see by my face, I'm not disappointed. I'm not <laughs> down. It is what it is. Denver, the best team. But when we talk with Coach Petaway, I'll ask him, how can the Heat make the next step? Do they need to add? Do they need to subtract? But I think they'll do a little bit of both. And, and if you're just tuning in, the uh, in the NBA, NBA coming up will be the draft. And then also, in a point of time very shortly as well, the trade deadline opens up. All the trading aspect opens up in the NBA. You'll see if players will move free agency. In other words, all of that opens up in the summer. But congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. They defeated the Miami Heat four games to one. Charles, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I think I'm coming down with a little sinus issue. I think the heat plus the weather, we're talking about the other heat, not the Miami heat. We're talking about the heat plus the rain. Um, you know, I've been out in the elements a little bit, so that that kind of gets you, you know, when you're when you get a little rain and then it gets hot and then it cools off. So a little sinus issue going on, but other than that, none the worse for rare. Let's let's get to work. With that being said, uh, some of the stories that um we're trending, of course, Coach Anna Williams, recruiting coordinator, now assistant volleyball coach at Southern University. Looking at uh, a little bit of her bio, uh, she's a two-time graduate of Howard University. So she has HBCU connections. And um, just judging by uh, some of her social media content, um, 
the Jaguar Nation, they are welcoming her with uh, open arms. So congratulations to Coach Williams. And uh, we will put out the request to uh, get her on the show and introduce uh, uh, everyone uh, to Coach Williams. FCS schools are included in USA Today's report as private university, and, and, and it's so much information. Can't get it all in on today's show, but um, one aspect that you have to look at and um, is the allocation, uh, allocated percentage refers to allocated revenues from government and institutional support and student fees. Now, remember that because we're going to talk with uh, Willa Brown, associate AD at Fort Valley State, uh, about that. But uh, I, I kind of highlighted UC Davis, their total revenue, it's just a revenue, over $44 million. But now when you look at the allocation, and maybe we can put this up in future shows, uh, a graph, a bar, to give you a better look as you know we're, we're discussing this, the allocation, and again, remember that's from uh, revenues from government, state institutions, institutional support, and student fees. Their allocation is 80% of their budget comes from that. So the higher the number, it doesn't necessarily mean that's a great thing, but it just tells you that they depend on a lot of support, those, those, those three areas. So I just kind of highlighted that, um, everybody. Then it came down to the first, as far as um, total revenue in the, in HBCUs, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, Southern University, over 18 million total revenue, uh, 18,190,798 to be exact. And then you look at the all allocation, it's 72 0.41%. So again, they rely on a lot of those areas, those support. Now, let me find Jackson State. No, I'm not picking on Jackson State because actually um, they did an outstanding thing as far as the allocation. Um, as I look for it, Charles, and I have it in here somewhere. Then we're going to go to ticket sales. But I know I, know I saw Jackson State in there. I believe over 12 somewhere 12, 13 million in, in total revenue, but their allocation percentage was 39%, a little bit over 39%. So they're getting more of their support from sponsors, outside sources. Um, and, and I tell you what, that's outstanding. From what I know, those allocations, the lower that goes, it shows that you're, you're getting the support outside sponsors, business, you know, a, a, a alumni donation. So in that sense, Jackson State is doing very, very well. Um, we can look at some others in here. I can see now. Why don't I see Jackson State? And here we go. Jackson State overlooked it. I put that to middle age eyes. <laughs> Twelve million eight hundred twenty-one thousand six hundred fifty-two allocation. Yeah, I was right. Thirty-nine point three seven. Famu, a little bit over thirteen million. Thirteen million one hundred seventy-two, three hundred and fifteen. Their allocation percentage is fifty-nine point eighty-three percent. 
sell. You see the, those numbers coming down, but you, you have some like Central Connecticut. Their allocation, their budget is over 16 million, but 84.70% their allocation. Um, Alabama and m budget 14 million, 0.86, so a little bit over 14 million. Allocation, 90.39. So they even depend even more on um, government institutional support. But you get you get the drift. And um, we can add some, some more in uh, Grammar State, in the state of Louisiana, of course. Budget, uh, 11.3 million. Allocation, 73.92%. We will... Uh, have Willa Brown and then, you know, have other colleagues that really uh, get into these numbers a little bit more in the, um, um, like Dr. Kenyatta Cavill is one um, yeah. we, that we can ha get him in to uh, uh, talk about it as well. But go ahead, Charles. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you, you look at Jackson State, for example. I mean, we kind of know going back the last couple of years that considering what coach Sanders did when he was there, mm -hmm. he was able to kind of tap into some of the private sources to be able to get some of that external funding for his program. And so that's why the, the university support might be down because you get that other support, which is a good thing. If you can, if you can sustain that, that would be really good. Um, but on the other side, you talked about the flip side of it, Alabama A&M, um, pretty good budget, but they rely a lot on the university to mm -hmm. to run athletics, and 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 that's kind of the way it works in a lot of cases. Um, state support is what runs a lot of these athletic departments, especially state-run universities, and we're all state-supported, or some would say state-assisted, with the exception, I believe, majority of of, of Bethune Cookman in the conference. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's just a matter of. Um, it's just a matter of, of how that's allocated. You know, you talked about the student fees. Um, mm -hmm. And some schools, that's a vote. I think in, in your state, UNO, they were proposing a football stadium. And the students voted to increase um, the fees to be able to fund that that on-campus stadium. They they turned it down. They they denied that. So in a mm -hmm. lot of so for some schools, the students have a more say in terms of where their fees are going, and that helps supplement athletics as well. Uh, for our schools, I don't think it's it's necessarily – it is mandated in, in many cases where students are paying this athletic fee or this activity fee, and some of that is going towards athletics. That is correct. That is, that is a part of the tuition. And so, you know, you and I've been told that at some point, when do students, you know, push back on that? Because tuition is going up, cost of education is going up, and that's a part of the cost. Mm -hmm. um, you hope not, but you know this is just a little chatter, a little scuttlebutt that you've heard over the last few years, and you're only hearing it because the cost of tuition is skyrocketing. If the cost of tuition was mm -hmm. reasonable, I don't think you would hear as much about it. But you know, no, nonetheless, it's good to see that some of these schools are doing well. Some of them are getting that, and, and it's it's good information to know how much university support mm -hmm. these schools are getting because i do think that a lot of our fans a number of our fans may not know how that how that works and i've always been of the belief that let's put it on the table let's explain to folks whether it's the ad's the presidents the c the cfo's of these universities to to explain how the funding 
formula works. And I think if you get that information, then you'll know, man, you know, I got to step up, you know, mm-hmm. I got to help support. And so I think that's good information to have. Yeah. And, and, and I will also say this too. Um, a, a lot of HBCUs have been underfunded by, by their particular states. You know, that's a lot of money. And we're talking about over a long period of time. And then also, uh, AD, some of them are, are more transparent than others, but I, I think this is an opportunity to have those certain ADs just be transparent. Yeah. Let everyone know it, it, it issues where you're struggling at, issues where you're not struggling at, where you need help at. And, and of course, you brought up about alumni uh, giving back. I, I think they will be more and inclined to give if they see the whole picture clear. So transparency is, is always a, a good uh, a thing. But, you know, in, in the state of Florida, some uh, family students, what, sued to say, hey, you haven't lived up to your obligation. And, and that story, you can go to each each state where HBCUs are at. They, they have not done the right thing. Now, do you fall out and give up because they haven't? No, then this is where you know, alumni come in and and can help out to keep things going. Also, I'll say this, directors of athletics with uh, get up and go, with a business acumen, business background, boy, that can help. And then having a great staff around you that can help with the day-by-day operations, APR, all of those issues, they can have that. It was once said that the director of athletics, the first president slash chancellor, they ought to both always be out there doing what? Soliciting funds for the university. And yeah, don't let those states off the hook of the many, many years that they have not funded uh, HBCU schools. With that being said, We'll come back, Charles. Hold that thought. We got to take a time out. Keith producing for us today. We appreciate him. And he is a FAMU graduate. Look at the love that I have for everybody. <laughs> it's not all about Southern University. <laughs> We're all team members. We'll take a break. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wick gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, 
My colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Carlos Brown, of course, Charles Edmond. Uh, Charles, you, you wanted to make a point right before the, the last break. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we have these conversations about athletics with athletic directors. And, of course, Roman Banks has been on, your, on this show. And I think Roman Banks is about as transparent and as honest and as brutally honest as can be. Now, we don't get many ADs to come on. But when you've had Roman Banks on, he's pretty brutally honest about where where things are and what needs to be done and what needs to improve for his shop, Southern University, in terms of season ticket sales and any any kind of caps and other things that 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 you ask him. But I also think, and I had a conversation at Media Day last year with someone, and I won't name the name, but about this this topic of being transparent with athletics and knowing, you know, how things are spent, you know, how things are allocated and all of that, and. The response I got is that the more you reveal, the more questions come up. And mm. so and so there's this assumption, there's this perception that money's being stolen. And that's just that's as brutal as you can come up with on that. And I'm like, no, not no, not the case. Just if you like we've talked about, if you put it on the table and open things up, then let people see it. And then I do think there'll be a shock value behind it. Like, man, we need to we need to increase our support or we need to start supporting. But I think that's a that's a brutal conversation to have. It takes it takes a lot to make that happen. Um, 
you know, I've always been of the belief in all of our schools have these national alumni meetings. Ours at all corners called the Midwinter Conference. Um, it's held in different cities across the country where you where the AD speaks, the football coach speaks. And I think those are some of the things that can be talked about. You know, there I've kind of thrown it out there. But I think for all of our schools, the president speaks. And I think you, if your CFO speaks, you kind of go over the numbers and you kind of understand how athletics is funded. And I think if you do that, just my opinion, I think if you do that, then people might say, you know what, we need to step up and start doing more or we need to st step up and start doing something. So I think that's that's what's important to me, because there's a lot of expenses in athletics, Carlos. Uh, the one thing that no one talks about, we talk about travel, we talk about uniforms, we talk about equipment, we talk about a lot of different things. But the one expense that doesn't get talked about is scholarships. Okay. And my buddy Emmanuel Barnes, who worked in student services at Alcorn for 43 years, always told me this story because he was actually in that. He said, you know, for example, Carlos, you get a scholarship to Southern University to play football, right? Uh -huh. That scholarship is waived to you. You don't pay for the scholarship. You don't pay to go to school if you're on scholarship, right? right. But that scholarship has to be paid for to Southern University. Who's paying for that? So, of course, the example I've come up with is LSU because I see the articles where LSU writes a check to sit for five or six million dollars from the foundation, which funds athletics to LSU. So scholarships are a huge expense. How it's funded is different for different schools, I'm sure. But that's a huge expense that's, that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. And I think that's just a part of the conversation, like, how much are scholarships? Well, it's the cost of tuition times however many athletes you got. So I think those are just some of the important things to talk about when you talk about funding of athletics and, and all of those things. I think that's really important. If people knew some of that, and some do, but many don't. And I just think if we have that conversation, put it on the table, let people look at it, feel it, touch it, experience it. I think so attitudes will change, you know, as we get deeper into it. Well, maybe so. Maybe so with attitudes, because sometimes you're just going to have some a segment that they're going to complain. Don't matter what it is. Then you have a segment that won't give no matter what. But I do plan on future shows and put the graphic up and i'm I, i'm gonna start with southern university i mean i've been looking at some of it you got gave giving you the information about the total revenue but also there's a graph that you can put up that shows expenses and it breaks down everything that you're talking about as far as scholarships okay um it's multiple things, you know, operational service. Well, this is, of course, the, 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 the kind of the salary part, a part of the revenue expenditures. Um, but it, it's another graph that I'm going to put up in future shows where, it, thank you, thank you there, Keith, that breaks it all down as far as the expenses going out, what they have to uh, pay for. Scholarships on there. You're absolutely right. Athletic scholarships. And so once again, just in my opinion, you get out there and you put this out there and you talk to your alums and you be transparent. I'm going on the limit saying the majority of the people will appreciate it. And those who don't know the, the inner workings, then they will know.
Yeah. I, I didn't even know years ago about um, insurance that you have to take out on an athlete's house. I mean, all of that's included. Re- re- recruiting, when you bring in recruits, no matter what sport, specifically though football, that's that's a cost. Yeah. So you, you got different things that you you have to really pay for, and uh, I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up in future shows. Break it break it down. Some schools have a little bit more leeway. They're doing a little bit better than others, but it's gonna always be a, a situation where our schools can get get better. And Charles, let me say this: some like to compare our schools. With even groups of fives, you can't really do that. Right. Yeah. Apples, apples, oranges to oranges, but you can't compare to other schools that are, 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 you know, similar to you in in the same category. And then that's where you can do a compare and contrast. The other part of it, Carlos, too, that I think we need to, and I do know this because it's kind of it's kind of standard operating procedure for our state schools and probably most schools. Your budget for athletics is forward funded, if, if, if you know what I mean. In, in other words, right now, this is middle of June. Most of our budgets start July 1st. That That's includes correct. athletics. So right now, well, this has already been done, but the budgets for our schools, for the most part, are already set for the upcoming year. Mm-hmm. The budget projections are determined by what you perceive is attendance, homecoming. I saw one of the, the, the posts what your attendance will be for football, basketball, your guarantee game for football, your guarantee game. This is for the whole year, the whole athletic season, right? So you're anticipating what you're going to draw for homecoming. You're anticipating what Alcorn's going to do when they've had their homecoming game or Southern and all of that. When those projections come up short, and that goes back to the top two in terms of enrollment at these schools, because a part of that, a part mm-hmm. of that is tied to your university and enrollment, how you get those dollars as well. So you're being forward funded in a lot of cases. So if you anticipate a certain enrollment, 8,000, and you come in and your enrollment is 7,200, that means you have to cut somewhere. And so for our athletic programs, if we anticipate a certain amount of revenue at a certain time and it comes in under the projections, then there's a problem. That's the other thing that I think people have to look at. The money is just not sitting there. You're getting the money in advance and then it comes back on the back end once these games are played whether it's parking, whether it's ticket sales, the guarantee games you're going to get, you're going to get that. But the expenses go up, travel goes up. You don't you anticipate what it's going to be, but it might be a little more than that as you get into it. So those are just some of the things also to talk about. Just like state revenue. When your revenue for the state is projected three months in advance and it comes in under those, state agencies get cut. You know, you know travel is stopped. Equipment doesn't get ordered. And it's the same thing. It's kind of, and it's, and even if you look at the bigger programs, they got those projections too, but they typically come in, <laughs> they, they meet the expectations or even go further than that. So I think that's the other thing we have to look at as well. When you're trying to, you know, explain everything, all this stuff is forward funded and you have to meet those projections that you set three or four months ago. And you hope if you do that, then you're okay. But when you're not, then there's a problem. There's an issue that somewhere you got to balance a balanced budget in all accords, whether it's athletics or academics. Ticket sales, 2022. And, um, yeah, we, we have to get our break in. Um, Jackson State 
and this is from um, here in sports. Jackson State ticket sales. And this was 2022 ticket sales quickly. 4,608,925,000. That was fourth in FCS. Very good. Congratulations to Jackson State. Um, but, you know, even before Coach Sanders, let's just be, you know, we, we give credit and, and God bless Coach Sanders. He's going through another health issue. Prayers and thoughts to uh, Coach uh, Sanders and, and, and family. But Jackson State always had, we're in the top 10 in attendance, even pre-Coach Sanders. That's that's for the record. That's that's a fact. Southern University comes in at number seven. Ticket sales for 2022, 2,135,959. I remember when it was more than that, constantly. So in spite of some issues within the athletic department, Still, Southern University is seventh in the nation. Those two in the conference um, for 2022. Then the only other uh, HBCU that comes in, according to this list, North Carolina A&T, ticket sales, 1,257,381. And that was 13th ranked. We'll go through some of the other uh, HBCUs on, on this list because you know as we get ready for this time out ticket sales are important but it's not the save grace saving grace for the athletic department um, but we'll come back and talk more about that uh, I'm going to be interested to see what Coach Petaway has to say about all this and particularly Willa Brown who is uh, in athletics he has a long career in athletics but we'll take a time out when we come back Jelani Davis is ready to go he is a defensive tackle coming uh, from JUCO also he has experience in the Southwest Athletic Conference guess where he played Jackson State interesting <laughs> interesting He'll join us next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, 
and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Coles Brown, joined by Charles Edmund, and now our first special guest. Um, he is a key addition to the Southern University football program, Jelani Davis. Jelani, good morning and welcome to the Coles Brown Show. How you doing, Mr. Brown? I'm doing fine. How about you, sir? I'm doing great. Well, it's uh, I guess I can state this for the Jaguar Nation. I'm glad to have you part of the uh, football program. And if you could, uh, Jelani, talk about the, uh, the the journey, the process to 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 get to Southern University. Well, out of high school, I went to junior college. Um, Southern, I was heavily recruited by Southern coming out of junior college, but I actually committed to the uh, University of Missouri first, mm-hmm. and then I, dec- then I didn't want to go there, and then Jackson State ended up calling me, and then I kind of fought through, because, you know, when prom, prom calls, or, or, or just anybody from prom, from Jackson State during that time, you couldn't really turn that turn that down. Then, prom left, <laughs> which shocked the whole world almost, and then I had Southern in Arkansas State out of the portal. So I just went to Southern. I, I don't know. I kind of like the trenches. So that's kind of where I wanted to stay. And it felt like more like home. Well, I, I, before I, I first, well, before I break, I, I mentioned that you, you know, you did uh, play at Jackson State. So you're going to come into uh, uh, this football season, at least, uh, you know, with certain expectations. And you have uh, that swack, if we can say it, that swack experience. Talk about that. Um, so I experience it's it's okay. It's I I love it actually. I love it. It just the um the energy that that brings in the game, um how much people care about you here, look look out for you, look out for you. I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a family. It's just a vibe. It's great to meet new people. You know. Yeah, you know that's gonna be interesting, Jelaine and Charles. You know, <laughs> playing. You know, at Jackson State, then junior college. What junior college was it? Dodge City, correct? Dodge City, yep. Dodge City um, Community College, and and, and now uh, with, with with Southern University. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, when you you mentioned that Southern had, had recruited you heavily before, talk about when you actually came on on your visit and, and how was that? Well, the visit was amazing. It's crazy because my position coach, he actually got a job at O State, so coach, it kind of like coach Clark. Coach, coach Clark, yeah. Yeah. So that was my that was my dude. That was the, that's who really got me up to Southern University. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got there, 
the people were great. The food is amazing. <laughs> the view is amazing. <laughs> J- Jelani, stay away from some of that food now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the whole, the whole time I was, the whole time I was in Baton Rouge, I had red beans and rice and chicken the whole time. I loved oh. it though. I didn't complain. It. <laughs> I understand. I understand about that. I think that's uh, Baton Rouge's uh, trademark. I'm saying Baton Rouge, but Louisiana mm-hmm. uh, uh, of that particular dish. Um, also, the, the the players that you uh, met that's going to be position players and, and, and the coaches. How, how was all of that? Like in my class that came here with me. Yeah, yeah, on, on your recruiting visit. So I think I was the only defensive line that that um, that signed with this class, if I'm not wrong. Um, but it was a I I met I met other like my other teammates. They're amazing. Like they all came from yeah mm-hmm. from great schools. I don't know. Like I kind of like bond with them. That's also what made me really want to come to this school because they were like they're coming here and I bond with them off off the bat. I connected with them, like all of them well. And it was crazy because we were sitting there and they didn't know that I was already signed. So I told them I already signed. I was like, well, I'm already coming here. So that I felt like I kind of gave them the boost where, yeah, this is where, uh, like, like if I was to go anywhere in the sweat, this is the place to be in the sweat. Yeah, a, a, a lot of rivalries um, uh, with Southern University. And I, I'll just be honest. I mean, it, it's all about competition, Charles. You can jump in on this, but um, a lot of uh, the teams, and I just talked about some of the alums and what have you, um, they they like to uh, compete and beat Southern University. Mm-hmm. And I think some of it is too. Let's just be honest. A lot of it is uh, the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we mentioned about arrogant and cocky, but it's true. And they would always come take over opposing teams' uh, atmosphere, game day. So, Charles, would you agree? I, I think a lot of people, they love to beat Southern University. Well, I think, you know, you when you talk about the Jaguar Nation, when you're talking about fifteen or 20,000 people, on a road game coming to support Southern University, and they pretty much kind of take over some of the medium-sized stadiums in this conference. Mm-hmm. That's big. That right. is that's that's big. And when you have that Columbia Blue behind you, that that speaks volumes. What what what? Want to ask you a question about uh, talk about? And I know this is kind of a dead horse, but you you talked about your experience at Jackson State. Talk about that in terms of how that ended. I mean, we all know what Coach Sanders moved on to Colorado, but there was a whirlwind there right after the Celebration Bowl and all of that. And you know, how was those last, you know, couple of weeks? How was that like for you? Because you were really settled in on Coach Sanders, and then he leaves, and then and then your process is open again. Uh, that's crazy because uh, I already knew that he was leaving. You know, like oh, really? you get that little feeling. Yeah, we we knew we. We kind of figured that he was going to leave when we first got there because it only made sense for him to leave, which was, I don't know. We was like, like We were kind of like already looking into it, but I didn't really spend my last few weeks with them. Like, was I found out, which I already knew, but because people were just kind of like guessing and saying stuff. And Prom wasn't even saying anything. He didn't say no yes or no answer. 
So that kind of gave it up. So I registered it last year. So um, when, they, when I found out he was leaving, I already entered the portal when they, the SWAC championship week. So I didn't really get a chance to have those last couple weeks with him. Yeah. So. Wow, that's interesting. That That is very interesting. Um, we're visiting with Jelani Davis, defensive tackle, uh, Southern University, uh, now part of the Southern University football program. Um, summer conditioning, it's really hot. Um, of course, you you have, <laughs> I see your expression. Uh, Jackson, coming from Kansas, Baton Rouge humidity. Is it what people say it is or is it just exaggeration I, i'm just interested about that for mississippi heat <laughs> ba- baton rouge and mississippi heat is it similar no no no, no. <laughs> it's way hotter it's way hotter in jackson because like here in br we got like a little breeze a little cool breeze even when it's hot but when it's hot in mississippi jackson that mm-hmm. it's like it, it's blowing heated heated waves like heated air like it's so, very humid. Like, you could just be outside, just outside, like, not doing anything and sweating. Like, me, I don't like sweating for no reason. I just like that a lot. So, um, I'd rather be here <laughs> when it comes to weather. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting, Jelani. You're the first person that I've interviewed that said uh, where they're coming from, it's it, it's hotter. But, hey, you would know. You would no, know. yeah, it's way hotter there. It's way hotter there. But no, we putting it. Yeah, I like it here. I, I like the weather. The summer workouts is, is amazing right now. Just, we're going into our third week, starting Monday. So yeah, we just kind of head down grinding right now. Um, just trying to be disciplined, dedicated, and we're really just trying to win a strike championship. I understand that. Uh, so summer conditioning, as we we put up some of your footage there, mm-hmm. um, very very aggressive. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, uh, some some of these these, these highlights, your, your, your strengths. Uh, you believe that you will add to to this Southern University football program. Well, crazy, Coach Dude, when I got here, uh, he asked if I he asked if I'm fast enough to play defense at end. So I'm actually switching my position. I'm not even playing the tackle. Well, I'll be in there in certain in certain formations or if they need me in there. But as of right now, I am playing end right now. Wow, um, that's that's breaking news. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of like a pass rusher. I don't really like like to hold the gap up too much. I like to get vertical upfield. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like the player I am. I can probably do – I can really do anything you tell me to do. Um, that's, that's, that's really how I play my game. Now, is there a big adjustment for you? With, with, with what you just talked about, um, you know, playing – you know, defensive end compared to uh, inside defensive tackle. I I like defensive end better. I don't know. It's just way it's faster for me to get to the quarterback. Um, I can make way more plays. I feel like, um, you know, a tackle you get to, you might get a, you might get a, you might get a double team, triple team, all the above. Uh, I don't know. I feel like ends. I did get smaller, like weight wise, and I get and then I got way faster. So I think in will like my biggest thing about like helping Southern and mm-hmm. defense line is probably being an end right now. 
Cause I ain't gonna lie, we got some dogs in tackle. We got some dogs oh. in tackle. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they kind of we got some dogs in tackle. So they they're kind of just trying to figure out where can they can put the best guys at, you know? So yeah, yeah. That's all it is right now. So I'm no. just kind of I'm going with the flow right now. I, I, I understand that. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about the about Coach Dooley and just just that whole staff, you know, just just talk about you know your, your matriculation process and coming to Southern and just getting acclimated and getting comments about the heat and humidity and all that and you're getting used to that. But just 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 talk about the uh, the, the coaching staff and what has impressed you with that so far. There, uh, first, I'm gonna start off with Dooley. Dooley's amazing. Um, I, I see where his vision is. I like his goal. I trust Dooley a lot. I get talked to Dooley on a regular, like, like almost like my dad. Like, I can call him and we can have conversations. Um, my my position coach, he's a good coach. He's um, Coach Boo Boo, little older, <laughs> little older cat. I love him to death too. I can do the same thing with him. Um, and then all the other coaches, all the coaches are amazing. Uh, my defense coordinator, Coach Miller, is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I already know he's gonna be my road dog. This whole, this, this whole. <laughs> um, and yeah, I still gotta get the get a chance to get to know the other other position coaches, but like, I mean, like OC, but I'm talking about from the defensive side. Oh, yeah, they're all amazing. Coach, yeah. Coach Graves, he funny, cool little guy, very cool, very cool, very cool guy at that. So, oh yeah, just just uh. You, when you get a chance to hear how he's very vocal, you'll appreciate it. Remember, mm-hmm. I, remember, I said that, but he may have calmed down a little bit mm-hmm. as he's gotten older. But uh, Coach Graves, I remember, is very fiery. But um, at a certain point, I guess all of them. I mean, you talk about Coach Dooley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, smooth, great dresser kind of laid back, but I would imagine he can get vocal as well in, oh. in, in practice. Don't don't let that fool you, right? No, don't let it fool you at all. Ain't nothing sweet over here. At <laughs> <laughs> We're visiting with Jelani Davis, defensive tackle, uh-oh, slash now defensive end. I, I'll put it that way for the yeah, Southern yeah. University uh, program. Expectations going into <laughs> fall camp. Which will be here before you know it. What what right. what do you expect? Your expectations personally. Well, right now, well, right now I'm just learning the plays right now. Um, but going into the fall camp, it just kind of having that time, having that bond with my teammates and making sure that we're kind of on on the same page. Um, a lot of film with each other. Uh, we don't need the coaches for everything. We can we grown man, so we can come together and figure out, okay, what we need to do to bring the ship back home. That's kind of where I'm at. I just, I literally just want to win the ship because that's how we all get paid mm-hmm. in the future. If we come in and sit down and work as a team, that's uh, that's how we get paid and that's how we get our coaches paid. So. Well, let me ask you this. What, what do you all focus on at this point? I mean, we're in the middle of June. I know, you know, players are here, there. What What's, what's happening is it all about conditioning? Is it about X's and O's? Is it more X's and O's in conditioning? A lot of both, a little bit of some. It's really this. It's really this. I don't know. Okay, let me, I'm trying to think how should I say this. 
it's really both. We put in the same type of time for either running or lifting weights. So mm-hmm. we get about an hour and a half in each. But we do run, though. When we run, we run hard, though. Like, it's not no little run. We run in like, we like be at six, like like we start at six in the morning, literally. Like so, I kind of, I kind of, I, I love it. I love like me personally. I like running. I like weight room. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's it's kind of equally it's equally out the same. So I don't think there's no difference. I'm I'm looking um at, at the highlights. Your your base defense at um, Dodge City was it a. Three four, a three, yeah, it's a three four. Okay, so you you were nose tackle, or you were in in those formations. Uh, I played a couple. Base. I played. I played. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of different because we really didn't, didn't have it, and but sometimes they did line up up us like this right here up in a five. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly the base sets, the ends were kind of in a four eye. So me coming, so me coming out of high school, I didn't really familiar, I just like understand the formation because in high school I, I ran a four two all my like my whole life I ran a four two. Hmm. So it was kind of it was kind of different for me, because my freshman year I didn't play. My freshman year I, I actually tore my meniscus in my right knee, so I didn't play. So my sophomore year I came back and I still wasn't like, I wasn't really feeling like myself, so. I did what I could to get out of JUCO at at the time being. Yeah, four two. Um, yes, Southern's base. Four two. The last four two. Yeah, four two. So, with that being said, um, you you believe you will make an impact? You know, you don't ask anybody if they're going to start and stuff because it's competition. Mm-hmm. You, you just want to battle, but that's why I would phrase it this way: you. See yourself making a major impact for this uh, 2023 football team, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure talking with you, uh, Jelani. Any last comments you, you want to make to uh, not only the Jaguar Nation, but their other uh, fans watching this from other uh, schools that they support? Just, statement. Uh, just get those tickets, or uh, if you need tickets, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, what's your what's your major? Business. Business. Oh yeah. So he's he's about the business, Carlos, on the field and off the field. I, I can I can see that, especially according to that that, that last uh, uh, statement. Um, let me add this in. I know you guys are conditioning. Uh, summer workouts. Do you do you peek at the schedule at all, or is there any games that you look forward to, or you just look oh for sure? My only game, the only game that I'm ready for, cause I'm not worried about no other team, but the only, like the game that I'm looking forward to is Jackson State. <laughs> Somehow, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going for a hat trick that game. Actually, yeah, I'm gonna try to have a hat trick that game. So you gonna have try to have what? A hat trick. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't understand what he was saying there at first. Wow. Well, I, I'm sure you still know uh, players mm-hmm. and people from Jackson State. They, the good thing is, they're in Baton Rouge this year. Right. Um, yeah. 
and uh, but um, you know, even when you when you go to Jackson, it is always a, a tremendous atmosphere, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I, I think it, it will be packed here. It'll probably be the uh, largest home game attended, and it probably will outdo homecoming. But that's just my opinion. But um, Jelani, we appreciate the time. Uh, continue to uh, grind and, and get ready uh, for the fall camp and, and the season, and uh, we appreciate your time. I appreciate you, Mr. Brian and Carlos. All right. Thank you, and um, have a great weekend. The rest of your we weekend. You too. All, All right. right. See you. All right. That was Jelani Davis and uh, Charles. Um, confident. Learned a couple of things uh, that he's going to be moving to defensive end. And so that that is interesting. Uh, Coming off the edge. Yeah. And something else he said, because, you know, we uh, on this show, we we uh, last week uh, we interviewed Rasheed Lyles, defensive tackle. You got Taj Brown coming back. Then Zachary Christian. A couple of weeks ago, we talked to him. So when he said moving to end, now you kind of see. Why? They're trying to put, they, meaning the staff, some of the staff trying to put the best people on the field at different positions. And also, to me, it just seems like they're also stacked. Yeah. Uh, As far as they can now play multiple, you know, people. First unit, second unit, all across the board defensively. What what is... What I'm scared of, or what I'm worried about right now, and this is just the mm-hmm. summer, it sounds to me that Southern University might be known, at least from what I'm the interviews that we've had and talking to different players, defense first. You know, they're trying to find a quarterback, obviously. You've got that competition going, but it, I think Dooley wants to stack that defense and, and get stops, get off the field, and let the offense grow. And it sounds like based on what he's bringing in and what's there already, Southern University defensively might be something to deal with. Well, and you know, last year, statistically, they were second across the board. You know who was first? Jackson State. Yeah. Um, that defense was one of the top defenses in the in in the country, FCS level, on forcing turnovers. Yeah. They had several pick six. So offensively, I, I'm I'm putting it out there. Last week, I'm still getting comments about Mr. Woods, freshman quarterback that's coming in. Offensively, quarterback position last year. It's valid what everybody was saying, that that was a position that didn't work out well. Now, that quarterback position, you got, what, five, six Seven, eight, seven, eight, seven <laughs> on the roster. In my humble opinion, the competition there, that is going to be a key. And the quarterback that is chosen, and this is all my opinions, with the running back room that they have, that quarterback doesn't have to come in and throw 80 passes a game. I think they're going to be balanced, but I – I think they're going to lean more to the running game uh, this year. And all I'm saying is the quarterback won't have to uh, put the game on his shoulders by himself. 
Well, we know Dooley has said, you know, he just doesn't want a game manager. He wants a quarterback to go out and win the game. I wonder, is that still going to be the case come media days? Does he still feel that way with six, seven, however many quarterbacks he's got in there? Does he still feel the same way about that? Because you're right. The running back room is stacked. You, you, You tighten up the offensive line. You don't need a hero at the quarterback position. You need a game manager, someone that's not going to turn the football over, make good decisions. You've got everything else. So I'm anxious to see, does Dooley still feel that way? Or does, will he back off that a little bit, knowing that he's got other pieces that could beat you? And the quarterback has got to make plays, but he doesn't have to be a superhero and try to win the thing by himself. Nope, and hell, I'll ask Coach Dooley. Somebody, <laughs> somebody call him right now. Call <laughs> Pat I, Riley, too, while you at it. Make, make, make two phone calls. Well, Pat Riley's all right. You know, uh, he, <laughs> you know he, he he's going to try to make that extra step. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're going to be talking about that coming up next uh, with Coach Coach Petaway. But um, I, I want the quarterback to make be able to make all the throws. Now, Coach Julius says to make plays, right? He doesn't need a game manager. He game, he manages the game. But I want to see the quarterback be able to make all the throws. That's one thing Coach Sanders said. You got a quarterback that can spin it, you're in, you're in good shape. And, and I, I would agree with that. And then I always talk about experience, dual threats. To me, my definition, and, and let's see in the chat room, do you, anybody agree with me? And it's okay if you disagree. I, I'm a big guy. I can take it. To me, a dual threat quarterback is one that can equally do both. He can make all the throws. And then if he's need, if he needs to be able to make plays with his athleticism, he can do that as well. Jalen Woods last week said, I am a pro-style quarterback. And let me be honest with you, I love that. But if you look at other teams in this conference, dual-threat quarterbacks are there. The young man at Alcorn signed, coming from Missouri. He's not a pro-style quarterback, Charles. He's a dual threat. And then, too, sometimes you have quarterbacks that are athletes playing quarterback. And and I know that happens in high school, but even on on the collegiate level. So, for me, I love the quarterback that can make all the throws. I tend to lean toward the pro-style quarterback. And I went and looked at at the quarterbacks on the roster, and I'll share that with you uh, eventually. Dual threat. Pro style, you got a little bit of both on the uh, on Southern's uh, quarterback room. Well, when you talked about Alcorn, Tyler Macon, the kid from Missouri, you know, I'm going to be talking with him in the next couple of weeks. I reached out to him, so I'll, I'll be definitely talking to him. But you know, we last year we had Aaron Allen, who was not uh, a dual threat. He was more of a pocket passer, can push the ball down the field. He wasn't known for his running prowess. <laughs> so that you know, that just goes to show you, you know, what 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 you're looking for there. But, uh, you know, Tyler Macon is the true dual threat quarterback. You know, if you go back to the Felix Harpers of the world and the John Gibbs at Alcorn, they were they were the dual threat guys. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, with the different teams looking for quarterbacks, trying to find that right fit. I'm anxious to see which, which one comes out on top in a lot of our situations. Well, oh, yeah, we're past due for a break. Thank, thanks, Keith. Uh, also, I also believe in this. You look at your personnel that you have, and then you develop 
an offensive scheme to fit that. So if the if the quarterback room is mostly dual threats, then you're gonna put together a package for that quickly. Um, boy, in the chat room is very interesting. Uh, Joseph says SU success will be tied to his defense and ability to throw the football. Yeah. I agree with the yep. first part about it. The first part I do think is true. I do think when I look at Southern, we've talked about it, their defense, I mean, just 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 go back to the Bayou Classic. I mean, Southern's defense caused Grambling to, to, to turn the football over in that second half. You know, Calvez, you know, he's, he was young, but Southern's defense was all over it in the second half in the Bayou Classic. Kind of struggled in the SWAC championship game, but I, I think if that's the Southern defense you're going to be seeing throughout the course of the year, you you got something. Yeah. Well, Chuck Hunt says, yes, think back to Steve McNair in the 1990s. Absolutely. Well, but, but, but now let me ask you this. Boy, we're, we're overdue. We're, gonna, we're coming to you. Coach, <laughs> to me, what Steve, in my opinion, you saw him more than I did. I only saw him when he came to Southern University on television. He was a dual threat per se, but what I loved about him was when he was scrambling, his eyes were still downfield. And how many big plays did they hit with him scrambling, making people miss, but still having his eyes locked downfield and able to make the throw? Now, when he came out and ran, he was a linebacker yeah. to me. So, um, yeah, dual threat, athlete playing quarterback, knowing your personnel and developing a offense tailored to that, and then a pro-style quarterback, which I'll go back to Jalen Woods again. He says, although I'm a pro-style quarterback, don't don't be fooled. I'm athletic enough to uh, make things happen with my feet, but I'm throwing first, throwing second, and keeping my eyes uh, downfield. We'll take a timeout. We're overdue. I apologize. Coming. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. 
Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K-12 Powered Schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Coach Petaway joins me now. Coach, good afternoon, sir. How you doing? Good afternoon, Carlos and Charles. I'm doing great. Man, Coach, Coach Petaway, you look you look good down there in South Beach. Do, do, do I see a beach in the background <laughs> over, over there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's all right, man. That's all right. You, you know what, Coach Petaway, he's taking a shot. There. That's a dig. <laughs> he's taking a dig at, about Miami Heat. But uh, <laughs> but guess what? Where is his team? Where did they find? Did did they did they make it further than Miami Heat? I'm just asking. No, they I'm didn't. Just asking. No, they didn't. I can't. I can't say a word on that one. No, sir. You are exactly right. I keep my mouth closed on that one. Yes. And, and, uh, uh, that leads me to this. Uh, no problem, y'all. <laughs> Black College Sports Network in our 25th year. Please visit myjbn.com slash grow and choose how you would like to support our work. Black College Sports Network, truly support them. Every show on the network, mine's included. Give where you can. Any donation is appreciated. Boy, look at that. I'm getting breaking news. Thanks, uh, Mr. R.H. Uh, maybe we'll get a chance to discuss it. HBCU game day, their preseason FCS poll. Want to guess who's number one, Coach Petaway in football? Uh-oh, they cannot have Jackson State now with, with Prime gone. Probably no. Southern. Nope. Southern's fourth. Oh, wow. North Carolina Central, number one. I'm just getting okay. ready to say, yeah. Let, let, let's let's pull it up quickly. Uh, it was sent to my phone here, but uh, you understand North Carolina based, Central. They're basing that on because they won the the, the, the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is correct. Uh, North Carolina Central one, FAMU two, Jackson State three, Southern four, Howard five. Unbelievable. Six Howard, Al Alabama State. Seven, North Carolina A&T. Eight, South Carolina State. 27 points. Uh -uh. Nine, Morgan State. Got to be a Coach Wilson. And Prairie View, number 10. You, you, you know these? Uh, uh, thanks, uh, Keith. As you can see it right there on the screen, sometimes you have two early lists. Everyone has their predictions, prognosticators. 
Coach Petaway. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I, I think one of the things that I do like now with them saying FAMU is going to be second, you know, Jackson State with Prime, Coach uh, Prime there, they were always number one, and Jackson uh, or FAMU was always knocking on the door. So I think with him gone, they might be able to dethrone uh, Jackson State. So that part of it, I'm, I'm, I'm good with. Um, you know, further down on the list, some of those teams I don't agree with uh, uh, being ahead of Southern. But I think uh, it's going to be an interesting year in SWAC football. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm I, really, I'm happy. I'm happy if Southern's at fourth. No, don't put them near the top. No, don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just shows you the prime effect or lack thereof in that poll. Right, right. Coach Sanders is gone. Shadour is gone. Shiloh is gone. A lot of folks out the door. It's a number of people in the door. But out of all that, obviously the voters there feel like Florida A&M is in better position. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But it's clearly if Coach Sanders was there, it would be the other way around. There's no doubt about it. But it also right. shows you that. You know, even though T.C. Taylor, I think, is going to do a good job, obviously a lot has left out of that building. And so they feel like Florida A&M is in better position to to overtake Jackson State. Right. Well, I, I don't – the only one I'm concerned about – Howard – see, I didn't, Howard didn't show me enough last year to be ranked this high. I, I, I just don't – I just don't see them uh, making that big of a difference this quick. Well, Bama State beat them in the MEAC SWAC, didn't they? Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. they, they didn't show me enough for them to be ranked as, uh, you know, ahead of some of the other SWAC schools. Yeah. Well, a, a, a lot of it is, you know, what what you did last year. Um, you, you look at some teams that are perhaps not on there. Um, Alabama State, you know, they'll, they'll have a lot to prove. Right. They, they, they're going to have motivation. And um, yeah. what what, what – what these lists do, to be honest with you, it, it kind of st- stirs up the conversation and get people the, uh, discussing it. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, when we – and you can compare contrast. HBCU game day, we can come back and look and at the end of the season and compare how their preseason predictions were. You know, Carlos, a history teacher once told me, you know, it's, it's always good to cuss and discuss. And, 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 and yeah, and that's what these polls are, to cuss and discuss. So yep, watch, yep. watch the chat rooms, watch watch social media. There's going to be a lot of conversation about that poll since you since you just broke it. I'm sure a lot of people will be talking about it. Well, fam, you, let's be honest. And, and looking at social media, Jackson State fam, you, Fans and alum, they're going at it hot and heavy. Yeah. As a Southern University alum, I'm just sitting back <laughs> with, with the popcorn because Southern will have a lot to prove. They'll get both of those teams at home early on. So in the first four weeks, we'll know about this Southern University uh, uh, football team. But for you, fam, you, this is your opportunity. If you don't win that game, you won't be able to live it down because I, I'm just looking at social media. I mean, wow. Co- Coach Simmons. And, 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 and Carlos, I'm looking uh-huh. at September the 16th now. Which September the 16th. Uh-oh, Alabama and then? Oh, Coming to Southern, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'll stick by my statement. That's month of September. Yep. yep. That's included. That's going to tell us a lot. Where, where's the gameplay, uh, coaches? Is it Huntsville or Baton Rouge? No, it's Baton Rouge. It's okay, Baton Rouge. Okay. I'm just messing with Paulo. Okay. Oh, 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 I know. Southern, uh, excuse me, FAMU, Jackson State, and Alabama A&M. Man, that's Murray's Road, man. A.W. Mumford Stadium. I agree. That's so, with Yeah. With that being said, let's turn now to uh, the, the NBA. I, I gave Denver all the congratulations. Um, they were the best team, four games to one. Um, as far as Miami, I, I don't think you blow up this. You you may subtract a few pieces. We'll get, see what you say about it, Coach Petaway. You may add some pieces, um, but – Going forward, what do you think Miami and that organization they need to do to uh, kind of push themselves? They were three games away from winning a championship, and the next year is not promised. So wh- where do you think they need to go? Well, they got to add pieces. They, they can't sit back and think <clears throat> that the same team is going to get them back there. They got to add pieces in order to, to complement Butler, Bam, and let's say Strauss, if they keep the core of that team together and add some pieces <clears throat> and the new pieces come in and develop that culture that they already have, mm-hmm. then, yes, you all can compete next year. But if you keep the team as constructed, I don't think they're going to be back, man, because uh, they, they got too many guys that are too inconsistent. And, and I think that showed up in this championship series. Uh, when, when you have – uh, guys to go, you know, two games, you're starting backcourt for two straight games. You don't get for two points or four points uh, in a contest. That's not going to happen to me in college. There's no way I'm going to keep two guys, two guards together, and for two games they only give me two or four points. No, that's not going to happen. So and I you know, know in, in, on know, the NBA level, they got to make and adjustments. And, you know, Coach Petaway, um, that happened during uh, the regular season. And in a stretch where overall that team would go into uh, spells where they didn't score. Now they did well in, up until that Denver series. I'm saying that backcourt. And and one of the prognosticators thought that uh, Gabe Vincent had played himself into a a better salary, even right. though it may be somewhere else. Because I think he um, his contract is is up, but uh, hearing you talk about that, Gabe Vincent was one of the ones I think in, in that series that uh, regressed. Right, right, and, and see, so you 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 can't have that on, on that level, man. That that's the highest level out there. So you know that they're, they're going to be going after some other uh, people. Now, who those people are, I, I don't know because uh, you can't just put people on a team because of the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the pieces have to fit, uh, and a lot of times you got to give up something to get what you want. So, if, are you giving up too much to get the shooters to get consistency? And and that's that's just going to be a wait and see game. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Well, well, Carlos, I, I know you have them on speed dial. You you need to pick up the phone and call Mickey Harrison, the owner, and say, "Hey, man, open up the vault and start spending some money." 
Because no, 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 Charles. They're already over in the, in, in the, well, the, the well, luxury. And, I, I get and, that. And, and now they're going to get to No, no. Oh, go, I go get ahead. that. Go ahead. The key to me, and it's been talked about, they need two pieces. They need a big and they need a shooter. Right. So how are you going to get that on the cheap? The name you hear in the backcourt is Damian Lillard. Uh, even though the reports are Dame, mm. Dame's looking to recruit players in Portland. He's making $60 million a year. He's going to have to take a pay cut to come to Miami. But he hasn't won a chip, so that's just one of the names that that's being floated out there. They also need a big. You think he's going to take a cut to come well, to I Miami? Mean, he's he's mm. he's not gonna he's not gonna make sixty million dollars a year going anywhere else. I mean, you've heard the Knicks, you've heard Brooklyn, you've heard Boston. He's not gonna. I mean, he's gonna have to take a pay cut. There's no way that he's gonna make that kind of money anywhere. He's chasing a championship. Mm. He's making. He's made his money. He's made his bag. He wants to win a title. Okay. Right now, that's on the backcourt side of it. Maybe, 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 because if that was the case, he would, he he would have left Portland a while ago. I think his most interest is to stay in Portland now. Um, but now Miami does have some some pieces. They got some draft picks. They got one coming up in a few days. Then they got two more. Um, let's just look at it. Let's put it out there. Hero, do 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 you put him in a package? Duncan Robinson plus those draft picks. I I, I kind of like what Coach Petaway say. I think you got to balance it. Do you? I don't want to say destroy, but do you move a good bit of those people well, to get to get one person? Now, if you want to win now, and I think that's what Miami wants to do, then yeah. You, you yeah you consider that. And then you, you're close to do it, but um, I do, well, does, got, does the owner want to go into a luxury tax again? Well, I, you, I mean, let's just. I looked at the salaries the other day. Jimmy Butler's making forty-seven off the um, off the table, Jimmy. And well, um, well, I'm just saying in terms of in terms and of Bam, in, yeah, in they, terms of salary, in terms of salary and the salary cap. Okay, so you got Jimmy at forty-seven; he's not going anywhere. You got Bam at thirty-one; they're yep. going to be bumped up. You got Kyle Lowry making seventeen. He he will probably be in a trade piece. Uh, right. So you have to free. So you got to free up some money somewhere. Right. It, it, you know, Spoke talked about those undrafted free agents, and he was tired of being asked about it. Everybody's shocked at how well they played, and they mm. kind of fizzled in the they they fizzled in the finals. There's no doubt about it. But which which I mean, what has to go in order for you to get what you need to get to get back? To that level again, right. you're, you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to right. in to, to make it happen. I don't. I mean, but what I, I'm saying I, is, you that that's. I understand what you're saying, but do not make a rash decision. And this is not. Where, and I wouldn't talk to the owner. I'm talking to Pat Riley, <laughs> <laughs> not, not not the owner. Well, because, yeah, I, I agree with it, that. It, but it's like let's making a deal. You remember that game show? I always yeah. use that. Charles, you just won a nice Rolex watch. Yeah. Now you can keep that, or you can trade for behind what's curtain number two. Right. That could be good. It, it may not be. I, right. I, I just think it's gonna come down to, like you say, Charles. I think it's gonna come down to salary cap fit. I mean, they they're gonna be over the luck. They're gonna be in the yes. luxury tax anyway. But how high up do you go, and how much do you have to give up? To get what you want, I think that's the big, that's the big thing that we as average people don't understand when it comes to 
a roster on the NBA team. You know, they got different levels that you can place people in, the mid-level, uh, that kind and of stuff. So and, and all of that has some good shooters there. Correct. All of that has to come into play. But Charles is absolutely correct. Not only do they have to have another shooter, they got to get some bigs in there, man, to, 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 to help out so they can come up uh, with some depth. Now, a couple of things that the, that the state of Florida mm -hmm. has going for it, or what Miami has going for it. Number one, Miami has South Beach. That's a big attraction for a lot of the athletes. Number two, the state of Florida, no no, no taxes. So, so mm -hmm. that's another piece. But now for Dame, Liver, uh, for Dame to give up, to come off of 60 million, it, it's going to be that's a lot tough. for him to come down to be talking about coming to Miami. Yeah, is but, he is he married? Oh no, nah, I I'm not I, sure. I'm being facetious because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it 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 it's it, it's a lot to fit to put together NBA's uh, roster mm -hmm. because you got to make all the different pieces fit. And I, and I'm gonna say this, Carlos. You know the the, the new CBA kicks in after next season, mm -hmm. and to me, it seems like. With this new CBA now, your team, the Miami Heat, it'll, with the big three, it'll remember be an the big increase. three. You, mm -hmm. you you had the money flowing to where you can you can get three max players: D Wade, Bosch, LeBron. With this new cat, with this new CBA, it seems like to me, based on what I've read, you're only going to be able to really get two. So if, if you look at the Lakers with uh, AD and LeBron, you look at Miami with their big two. You look at Denver. I mean. It's going to be hard to get three max players in starting next year. So now's the time to put yourself in position because it's going to be mm. a little bit tougher with the with 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 the new rules next year to be able to keep a lot of these guys. And so J Jimmy Butler is one of those guys, man. If it don't if it don't feel right to him, he's going to be sniffing around other places: Chicago, Philadelphia. I think he likes Miami, but the only thing he's missing is a chip. And you he, know, he he loves Miami. Right. And Phil yeah. in Chicago, he's he's done that, and you know the chemistry and the team. I my thing is again, and we'll move on. Just just my opinion. Be very careful if you're Miami management. You're close, yeah. You need to add some pieces, but I don't necessarily think you have to up. Bradley Beal's another name you hear, but mm -hmm. but he has a tremendous salary and a no trade clause, and he can determine the pieces Where? that he's traded for, which is crazy to me. I mean, yep. if, well, he's, if, he's got a hell of an agent, that's he got. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in the in the, in the NFL, there are a handful of players with no trade clauses, but they don't they could mm -hmm. care less what they're traded for. Bradley Beal has got something special. Not only can he determine where he's going, but he can determine what he what teams are going to get for him I, I think that is to me as a fan that just sounds a little off but hey if you can get that leverage get it yeah I, I'm I, I just again with Miami I mean just just be careful I, I trust them they're going to make the right moves but you know going for a megastar why not look at that mid-level I think there are plenty of good young talent that can add the pieces to what they want but we, we we shall see. Um, Morant has his punishment placed. Coach Petaway, where you thought it was going to be? Less, more? Well, it's less than what I, I was looking for. I, I wanted him to do at least a half a season. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted him to, cl- to send a clear message. Uh, so to me, he got a break. But but the NBA had to do something. 25 games, that's going to be a lot of money out of his pocket. We still haven't determined how that's going to affect his endorsements. So uh, I, I, I like that there is punishment. I just wish that it was a little bit more. Oh, um, uh, Lillard is married yes. with uh, multiple kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, that that makes another decision. If mama's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> so yeah, I, think, uh, I think my mama would rather have that that uh, Miami weather than that old poor <laughs> weather. Oh, that dog on rainy cold. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. Um, She's got better shopping now in, in Miami. <laughs> Morant Charles, and then we gotta we gotta take a break, and then we're gonna add um, Willard Brown. Um, I, I thought it would be about a half a season uh, myself, mm-hmm. and that's probably what, what it came down to. But, you know, I, and, and I don't want to compare and contrast, but it just shows you – I look at other sports stars that have been suspended for big games recently. You got John Morant that's been suspended 40 games for brandishing a gun on video. You had Calvin Ridley who was suspended a whole season for allegedly gambling. Mm-hmm. A whole season. And so I don't know if I'm stretching this here, but it just shows you, you would think it would be the other way around. You know, you would think mm. that a lot of people feel like, and I've read, I've read some of the articles, some people feel like Josh should be suspended for the whole year to send a message. Right. Uh, I, I do think it's a little extreme, but, you know, if you want to send a message, send him down for the whole year and he's missing $30 million. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm good with the half a season. He's got to go through some steps along the way before he's even – before he can even get out there. So I'm, I'm hoping he's learned his lesson. And like everyone has said, let's see what he does. Let's see what his actions are compared to his words. And, and real quick, uh, on the collegiate side, uh, fellas, be be aware that uh, Coach Huggins might be out at West Virginia. He yeah, so breaking news. Yeah. Right. He was picked up uh, for that DUI, and you put that plus what he did in May with the anti-gay uh, slur. Uh, and this might be it for Huggins, who – is a Hall of Fame coach, and uh, I just hate to see that. Yeah, yeah, he. Um, I, I'm not surprised though, right? Um, you know, because he is he's a character. I put it that yep. way. Yep. Um, great coach, but off the court, he has had some troubling, yep. troubling uh, experiences. Um, other quickly NBA news of note, Coach Petaway. I think all of the coaches have um, been hired, put in uh, new new places. Um, oh, the last thing. Well, let's do this. Let's take a timeout. When I come back, the other big news is uh, Zion, Zion Williams. Yep. You know, should you trade him? Um, he's had some off-the-court issues as well. What does the Pelicans do? You know, there's rumors that they, they, they want to trade him. And there's um, – prognosticator saying he could end up in Portland to go with uh, Damian Lillard. So, I mean, oh my goodness. You know what? It's never dull in the NBA. (laughs) It it never is. But we'll come back after this break. We'll add Willa Brown. Then we want to talk some um, cost of attendance with him. And um, Coach Petaway's the budgets have come out. FCS, ticket sales and all that. We'll get your uh, perspective on it and, and Willa Brown. We'll take a timeout. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. 
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time, so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Joined now by Willa Brown. Willa, good afternoon, and I love that last name. What can Brown do? (laughs) (laughs) Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. (laughs) Great to have you uh, back on once again. Um, I know you uh, had some uh, issues you know, family-wise, um, mm-hmm. and our thoughts and prayers uh, go to you on on, on that. Um, before we get into some um, AD-type conversation, um, Wheeler, we're going to talk real quick about Zion Williams, and um, he, there's conversation that he's going to, um, he could be traded. It's not something definite, but just the conversation is going on. Um, Guys, you think he's going to be in New Orleans when it's all said and done, or could you see the possibility of him being traded? Right now, I kind of ask myself, what is he bringing to the table of value? Yeah, I mean, I know he's all this and a bag of chips, as the kids say, you know, or supposed to be. You know, but mm-hmm. you know, when the rubber meets the road, what has he really brought of substance to the franchise to where anybody could say he should be untouchable at this time? I think we're still operating on the P word, which is potential. potential. Oh, you know, as opposed word. to the other P word, which is production. Oh, you, know, and, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day right now, you know, New Orleans may want to get him out of there while he's, quote, unquote, hot in Mm. some people's mind, you know, and try to get something of value in return, you know, before they really see that he's really not what they thought he was and they're not able to get anything for him on on the flip side. Just my thought. Well, I think, hey, Charles, I'm going to do real quick. I, I think here's the problem. You got GMs out there now. Don't know if they need to take a chance on him now because physically he may not be able to give them anything if they trade for him. Because you know, mm-hmm. he 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 he's a he's shown that pattern. I think the other day somebody tried to compare him to Embiid when he first got in the NBA. You know, those first three or four years, he was Embiid hurt. was not giving them anything, but then the light went off in his head where he went on and got his body in shape to where he could take the pounding of an NBA season. Well, right now, they don't think that light has gone off in his head because right now there are rumors that he's not in shape now. And if that's true, if it's true that he's not in shape now, if I'm a GM, there's no way I'd touch him. No way. In other words, just saying he's dead. In other words, it's a possibility of damaged goods. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, His production, as, as Coach Brown said, he's been hurt. I said Coach Brown. Well, he's still coach too. <laughs> Brown. But um the pr- production, he just he hasn't produced. And well, I've I've heard the word generational talent. Right. When it comes to Zion Williamson, and you just don't you just don't unload that. I agree with the potential. I agree with the productivity or lack thereof. I agree with all that. He has not lived up to the expectations. And he's making he's on a two hundred million dollar contract. Oh, I yeah. get that. But if you're in New Orleans, and I think what the Pelicans are doing now, 
they're restructuring their coaching staff. They let Coach Witherspoon go. A Bad move. Coach. Yep. Bad move. Right. Um, I think what they're doing is they're trying to surround Zion with some assistants that are going to try to get him to straighten up and fly right. Uh, the off-the-court issues aside, I'm not, you know, he'll have to deal with that. But I think I, I my own personal feeling as a fan is that they're going to give him one more year. Uh, and after this year, if he if he's still unavailable, if he doesn't produce, I do think there will be uh, an opportunity to do something. But I don't think it's going to happen this year. Just He's just too – we've seen flashes of him when he's been healthy, how good the Pelicans were. They were the number two seed in the West when he was healthy and productive. So you just got to get him back to that level. And whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever you got to do to get him there, including him, he's got to get himself there. I think you, you, you see the glimpses. So the question is, are they willing to – to try to bring that back and get the glimpses back again. I think they are. I don't see Zion going anywhere. I think he'll be in New Orleans, I think, one more year. And, Charles, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this real quick. You know, if you are making $200 million, you got a $200 million contract, and you need an outside source <laughs> to spur you, to get you moving to the potential that you. you need to be at, you know, shame on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, come on now. I, I don't need any outside, you know, issues or any outside people to come in, you know, to help me do this or tell me to do this, that sort of thing. If I'm making that, that kind of money, you know, so, I mean, where is the self-motivating issue? Mm. You know, what what's going on in, in his mind, I, I think, you know, needs to be the grand topic of discussion at the end of the day. Now, and then real quickly on the thing about Witherspoon, here's my thing. If they got rid of Witherspoon because <clears> – did they get rid of her because he was only listening to her? And maybe That's what I heard. And then maybe they're saying she's not telling him the right things because if he's listening to her, he still has not been in the shape that he needs to be in to help the franchise. So that could be the reason why they moved. He's listened to that. That's his earpiece. His earpiece is not giving him the right information. He's not listening. He's not taking that information. Well, he's not going to be happy about that, you know, Coach Weatherspoon um, being let go. Mm -hmm. But I, I will agree with this. It all comes back to Mr. Williams. Right. He's got to do better. Now, if, if they keep it for one more year, but one more year, then next year, if it doesn't, and, and, and I think he will have issues again based on what, what, what I've seen his time in the NBA, then another year from now, you'll be back to the question that they are at now. Should I keep him or should I trade him? They probably will keep him one more year, but you know, sometimes you're just prolonging the agony. And I, and I say that based, and I hope he comes out and have a, a great year. But I suspect that he's going to miss some games next year, just like he's missed the whole time he's been in the NBA. And it may be a mental piece because I, I believe he wants to be somewhere else. If you, if you heard him in the past, how he talked about being – in New York and how much fun, but it's a business and he has to be true to himself. Try to be in the best position. You can be both mentally and physically. 
12.41. So this time will fly fast. <laughs> I, I, I'll move along. Um, and I, I got Southern University uh, report, but nighthousedata.org, along with USA Today, they, they uh, Willer, they came out, and I think I shared it with you, um, mm-hmm. the FCS schools and, 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 and revenue. And we talked about the allocation and, and, and what does that mean as far as how they get support from other ways, institutional support, state support, and then student fees. Willa, allocation. If it's 80, 70, 80, 85%, we know that means that you're getting a lot of help. But is that necessarily a goal that you want to keep it there or the allocations? Would you like to see that figure come down? But if you want to explain Uh, the allocations. mm -hmm. I think the major part of the allocation piece that Mm -hmm. gets everybody's uh, underwear up in a bunch uh, (laughs) is is probably the student fee piece. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, the dollars that are coming from auxiliary services or food service or, you know, things, all those other places, you know, I I think at the end of the day, you know, nobody's really giving a flip, you know, about those particular dollars. It's the student fee dollars, I think, that gets everybody up up and along. And uh, I know, and Charles, you can probably help me out a little bit with this. The Mississippi schools have a cap on student fees. Hmm. You know, so I, I know that uh, uh, at Jackson State, I think we, we couldn't go past, I'm thinking it's like 220 a semester or something to that effect, that sort of thing. And uh, I'm, I'm almost certain the other Mississippi HBCUs were pretty much in the, in the same boat. Yeah. So we we have a tendency to applaud those schools with low student fees, but if the student fees could be increased, you better believe that you know <laughs> people would be pushing to increase those those student fees. Yeah. Uh, ideally, Charles, I think you want that allocation to be somewhere around fifty fifty. Yeah, in a, in a perfect world type situation. You know, you want 50% of your dollars coming from, you know, your student fees, auxiliary service, and, you know, your other uh, little entities there. And then you want the uh, other 50% to come from, you know, ticket sales and, you know, sponsorships and, you know, all all those other uh, uh, avenues that, that are out there also. So if you can get to a 50-50 type of mixture uh, on our level, you know, I, I think that would be probably the preferable route. Uh, but most of our schools, uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, pretty much a, you know, 70-30 type proposition or 65-35 type proposition, you know, leaning heavily towards the, you know, student fees and, and the, you know, other campus support, that sort of thing. And uh, unfortunately for our schools, Carlos, that's pretty much going to be a, a way of life. Uh, if you're talking about the dollars that you can count on on a regular basis or on a yearly basis, those are the dollars that you can truly count on. 
you know, the the ticket sale dollars, you know, that's going to come and go depending on, uh, you know, the, the history of your institution and, you know, what your teams historically have brought to the table, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, the game guarantees you can, you know, try to maximize it as much as possible and, and squeeze more out of that. But, you know, we've talked about, you know, the, the competitiveness in, in terms of not wanting to wear your kids out and, you know, giving them an opportunity to experience some success prior to them getting into their conference play. You know, so you always have to look and take those things into consideration. Carlos, I think uh, we had a conversation about uh, uh, Southern Cost in of terms attendance. of the locker rooms and things, not probably not getting done this year, that sort of thing. And I mm-hmm. think I, I said to you that, you know, Banks probably has some other things at, at the top of the plate. Uh, I looked at the information in terms of Southern's budget, $18 million, I think, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, with with 15 sports. Yep, they added um... – they're, they're adding tennis and Yeah, they're going to add two more. Yeah, mm-hmm. but last year was an $18 million budget with 15 sports. Yeah, it's going to uh, increase. And, and <laughs> see, to me, in my world, okay, there's no reason not to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a quote-unquote with 15 sports currently and an $18 million budget currently. That that ain't bad news, Carlos, at all. Well, 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 wait a minute now, but that's but and there's also when you look at expenses, they had about eighteen million. I have it right in front of me. Eighteen million five hundred. So they they had a net loss, but mm-hmm. and, and pretty much you're almost and you're almost always going to have a a net loss, Carlos. You know, I think we also discussed the fact that. You know, a lot of these schools have that zero-based budget type of reporting line where they cannot cannot go into the next year in a deficit. They go into the next year in a deficit. They just can't publicize the fact that they're going into next year in a deficit. You know, so you see a lot lot of those schools uh, uh, listing uh, surpluses of, Fifty, sixty thousand, or a hundred thousand, or what have you. You know, for a lot of those schools, Carlos, it's it's just window dressing. You know, because at the end of the day, they probably are in the red, but the university rules or the you know state system that they are aligned with mm-hmm. will not allow them to put out there that they that they're in the red. Hmm. Right, and see, that's just like. Early, I think I, uh, somebody said that their physical year starts in July here at Alabama AM. That physical year starts October 1st. Right. Mm-hmm. So see, yeah. so mm-hmm. see that. So see what, what we what we end up doing at AM, you're running all your fall sports out of out of they they running into the same budget because you mm-hmm. starting up, you starting up football, you starting up volleyball, cross country, all those fall sports are still come starting up. And the new budget does not come out until October first. First, hmm, yeah, because uh, here in Southern Louisiana and Louisiana, it's and I think Charles had, had brought it up earlier. It's yeah, until June thirtieth ends, then July first is the mm-hmm. official. 
Well, so you start the new year off with a new budget. It, it, for us, you you running into a, a, another year of athletics in the same mm-hmm. budget. Yeah, it, it the seasons are already underway. It's 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 right. different. And I, I should have known that Alabama, because I do read the Alabama papers. Their their budget does start October first right. and September thirtieth. So yep. that is a tough situation because you're already starting sports, football especially. So you're already mm-hmm. almost halfway through. So your your budgeting, your your math is is a little bit different. But I want to ask Wheeler Brown a question. I thought about this mm-hmm. the other day when this report came out. From an administrative standpoint, and you've dealt with administrations. All right, when it comes to making revenue as compared to not losing money, are administrations based on your based on your knowledge, are they happy about the fact that they didn't lose money? Or are they disappointed in, in the other sense? Like they made a little bit of a profit, but we didn't lose any, we didn't lose a whole lot. So we're happy about that. But they don't talk about the fact that, you know, and even in the report, some schools, some HBCUs made a very small profit. You know, what's 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 the attitude about that? We didn't we didn't lose a whole lot, so I guess we're happy about that. What what what's the attitude about that? I, I think you're always well for me, I think you're always happier when you don't lose. Yeah, I mean if you can Zero. come out on top by a few dollars, that all that's good. Yeah, you know, but if you're doing a good enough job to where, you know, you're keeping the expenses down and you know, that's that's the that's the true measure. You know, of an athletic administrator, you know, if you if you're keeping, you know, you're spending down, but at the same time, you know, you're ramping up the student athlete experience, you know, so the kids are experiencing good things and, you know, they're looking nice uniform wise and, you know, they're riding on decent buses and, you know, staying in nice hotels and, you know, they have nothing but good things to say about the student athlete experience. If that is happening and operating on all cylinders, you know, you you're not as upset about the fact that, you know, you didn't make as much money as you wanted to make. Yeah, you know, because of the fact that all those other things are in place and, you know, you if you got to kind of weigh between the two, it's, it's making sure that that student athlete experience is, is pretty much what it needs to be. Now, your superiors are probably going to look at it in the opposite way you know because naturally they want you to bring in money and and things of that nature you know a lot of your upper level administrators and i'm talking about presidents and vps and and things of that nature you know they have no inkling of you know what the guarantee game uh situation is like and how that affects the psyche of the student athletes and all that sort of thing uh, uh, they have no clue about your football team getting beat up by the University of Miami on Saturday and, you know, you losing by 40 or 50, that sort. They have no clue with that. They don't understand the dynamics behind that. They just see that you got a million-dollar guarantee. Oh, boy, you bring it home a million dollars and, you know, that, that sort of thing. But, you know, we as athletic administrators, we got to look at it from, from both avenues. And, uh, mm. you know, it's, it's something that, you know, it, it weighs heavy on your mind. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. You know, nothing's worse than, you know, a coach coming in, and or let's say football, for instance, and, you know, you know they got enough people to where they should be riding on three buses, and you can only give them two. 
You know, and they're taking a, a 12 hour trip on two buses because they should be taking three buses so that you got enough room for everybody to stretch out and all that. It's bad enough that they're busing 12 hours. You know, and now mm. you're going to cramp them up on, on top of that. So, you know, you, you it's always some things that, you know, you, you have to take you have to take a look at and uh, and be mindful of, you know, you leaving at two o'clock in the morning so that you can get to that next destination by two, uh, uh, you know, two o'clock or three o'clock that afternoon, right when the hotel is checking in for rooms. You know, you're hoping that the kids get a chance to sleep the rest of that night. And, uh, you know, so you're trying to take all these things into consideration, kids sleeping on the bus and, you know, all, all this sort of thing. There's so much that goes into that, that dynamic that, uh, Joe Blow and, 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 and Sally don't, you know, don't figure out, don't factor in that sort of thing. But we as athletic administrators, you know, we got to try to time that thing down, you know, to, to a T, you know, uh, making sure that, you know, they, they can eat uh, in, a, in a full service hotel, you know, for the most part, as opposed to busing. 70, 75, and 80 kids to Golden Corral for a pregame meal. Yeah, yeah, don't look at it in terms of, you know, uh, uh, what what is saving overall in terms of mindset. You know, when those kids can go down to the lobby and go into the ballroom and eat right there, as opposed to loading on the bus, going to Golden Corral, eating, coming back to the hotel, getting all of this stuff, and then going to the stadium, you know, you you're talking about the score being three nothing, seven nothing, you know, pretty much before you even suit up. You know, so you know, I, I think, you know, once people really, really, really dig into the meat and potatoes of, of what this thing is all about, maybe they look at things in a in a in a different light. And Carlos, you know, you and I talked about uh, uh, the Being secretiveness of mm-hmm. our department, the secretiveness Being transparent. As yeah. It pertains, yeah, as it pertains to HBCUs, you know, we don't put those things out there. We have right. to try to do a better job of putting those things out there. But more importantly, our presidents, our VPs, our people who are upper level people who are in charge, you know, they got to make it okay to do so. You know, and you're not slamming the institution by doing so. Yeah. You're just laying the facts out as they are. You know, this is what mm-hmm. we're going through. You know, and if you want football to be an eight and three uh, 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 performer on a regular basis, or a nine and two performer on a regular basis, then we got to look at A, B, C, and D, that sort of thing, and what we can do in order to. You know, change those things. That sort of right. Thing. Now, Carlos, Hopefully I ain't take too yeah. much time. Well, when, 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 no, let me say this: we we've got about three minutes, but go 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 ahead, Van Petaway. No, no, no. What I was going to say, what 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 Mr. Willow was just talking about. See, I thought that was the norm. I'm used mm-hmm. to getting my kids up to go for breakfast and my pregame meal, putting them on a bus because you cannot afford to take them downstairs and eat in the hotel unless I'm at a guarantee game. Because mm-hmm. doing the conference, you can't afford that. So I, mm-hmm. I, I can identify with that, Mr. Wheeler. 
Well, mm-hmm. and, and I can I can identify with it too because many many years ago when we were in tight budget times, we actually ate a golden corral. That actually happened. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you, you got to load your team up on a bus and, and go twenty minutes, and then golden corrals packed on a Friday night at seven o'clock. That's mm-hmm. when you usually eat, and it takes you mm-hmm. two hours to get to get through that. And so that's exactly. two hours wait not wasted, but you have to you have to allocate that time. And now you're behind. It's late. You want to mm-hmm. get you want to bed them down. So we. This has been a while ago, but we were actually doing that. We were actually eating our meals at Golden Corral and these other places because the cost of eating in a hotel six fifty dollars per plate, correct, compared mm-hmm. to twelve dollars a plate. If you add that mm-hmm. up for three or four games, find out the cost savings there. That that's a significant uh, savings. And that was the norm mm-hmm. for us. That mm-hmm. was the norm. And, and I would not be shocked if that's still the norm for some. Mm-hmm. Right, right now it is. We, Willa, can we get you back next week because we're out of time, but I wanted to talk about cost of attendance. Coach Petaway brought it up before. Coach mm-hmm. Banks um, talked about implementing more of that at Southern University, but you were saying quickly that it's not easy said as done. And, and, you know, to make a long story short, Carlos, or at least try to, you know, there's got to be a universal system in place for our schools in terms of dealing with that. You know, it's bad enough that we are competing against the other FCS schools and all that sort of thing, but we're competing against each other in terms of the cost of attendance game. Because if Southern starts to do that and they're the only school in the conference that can do that, then it's gonna be an issue in terms of competitiveness because everybody gonna wanna run the Southern now because they're getting paid. Right. Yeah, well, but somehow we got to figure out a way universally for our conferences to be able to handle the cost of attendance issue, okay, a formula or, or some sort, you know, that all the schools abide by, you know, based off of the number of scholarships that they give, the monies that they invest in their department, you know, that is going to be kind of fair and equitable across the board. You know, so that we all can play in the game. We're not going to play together, but at least we can play a little bit, you know, and not put each other at a uh, definite competitive disadvantage to where, you know, you got more of the haves and have-nots that we already have. On that note, appreciate everyone, uh, guests, joining in, everyone watching. Uh, We'll continue this conversation next week. Uh, I want to thank Keith Hadley for producing today's show. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless.